0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode 46 of Who Gives a Dram? I am your host, Connor Gilbert, and if you guys are checking out the podcast for the first time, hey, I really appreciate it. And if you are a returning listener, um, I appreciate your continued support. It means the world. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into the multitude of subjects that I have going, ac- scattering across my brain right now, Um, I do want to remind you guys, you know, if you love the show, if you like the show, or even if you just put up with the show, uh, the best way to help me out is just subscribe on all platforms, wherever you're listening to this podcast. That's the best way to support Who Gives a Dram currently. Just subscribe on wherever you're listening to, go onto YouTube, check out the, the, the video podcast. You can see my reactions when I'm talking, um, subscribe on YouTube, like the videos, comment on the videos, um, and leave, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Um, those are the best ways to support me in this venture, in this whiskey podcast. And I would greatly appreciate it if you guys did that. Um, other than that, you guys, uh, Instagram, who gives a dram? Um, TikTok, who gives a dram? Facebook, who gives a dram? And this podcast is brought to you by The Great Vine Media, com. Go check us out over there. Um, I post my whiskey blogs on there. We do sports blogs, movie blogs whole nine yards um and we have a lot of cool content over there so all of our social medias are grapevine media and it's www.thegrapevinemedia.com um so yeah we got a lot to talk about today um quite a bit quite a bit has happened since the last time that um that we came on to here last wednesday uh namely and i guess we'll just get this out of the way now um turn 25 so that was a uh, a wake up call for me in not a bad way in a good way uh quarter century old um if I was a McCallan, I would definitely be worth thousands and thousands of dollars if i'm not and uh I'm still not worth thousands and thousands of dollars but regardless, I feel good i feel um i don't feel old yet, which is good i guess um you know, took some time off from from lifting this week. By the time this podcast comes comes out, I'll have a, a few podcast or a few lifts in, but uh, haven't really been consistent with the working out. But that's okay. Diet's been good. Uh, really haven't been drinking a whole lot except for um, on my birthday, which I'll get into here momentarily. Uh, and you know, I'm just I'm grateful to have another year on the earth. Um, and I, I I I posted an Instagram post that's very redundant. I made an Insta- I posted a picture on Instagram of what I was smoking, what I was drinking, uh which which last night, which was what my birthday was. And I uh you know, just just kinda saying, you know, hey, you know, this is what I'm drinking, my birthday pour, my birthday cigar, and just really thanking everyone who's who supported the show. Um it hasn't quite been a year yet. We've got about a month, a little bit less than a month to go, I believe. Um, but my 24th year in life, uh, when you know, when I was 24 years of age, is when Who Gives a Dram started. Um, so I will always remember the age of 24, the Kobe Bryant year of my life, as the year I started Who Gives a Dram. And no matter what this becomes, whether it stays right where it is, whether it gets worse, or whether it get it blows up and becomes the greatest whiskey podcast in the world, as Donald Trump famously said last week. Um I'm so thankful for Donald Trump to call in uh to the podcast last week, by the way. I don't know if you guys heard it, but check out last episode. Donald Trump called in. You gotta you gotta you can't watch the YouTube video. You just have to listen to the audio podcast. But he tuned in to to uh <laughs> to the podcast. Uh but my 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 Kobe Bryant year, my twenty fourth year, um, who gives a dram started, and well, no matter where where this takes me, where 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 it goes, it has become one of the most th- one of the things I'm most proud of that I've done, and um, I won't beat a dead horse here, but seriously, the continued support means the world. Everybody who I've connected with directly, anyone who's listening. To the show, anyone who watches the videos, wherever my content comes across, um, you know, this is something that I'm extremely passionate about, and I and I have done every single week for almost a year, and I'm and, and I'm gonna continue to do it, and I want to grow. Um, if I wasn't a 25 year old who's working 40 hours a week and has other things going on, I would definitely put in. Full time hours into this, but for what we have now, for the limited, for you know the amazing guests that have been on the show, um, you know Ron and Matt from from Phenomenal Spirits, uh, we had Chris from Knows Your Bourbon, and then obviously my guy uh, Daryl, aka Whiskey Sith, um, and my brother Kale for Whiskey with Kins, um, you know having having some amazing guests on the show and just being able to talk whiskey it's been, um, it's been an honor and it's been, it's been an honor f- that I've reached people who have reached back out to me and said, Hey, I listened to your podcast and I really enjoy it. That means the world. Um, I'm just trying to be like, like, uh, all the other whiskey podcasts out there. Well, I'm trying to, I look up to them. I don't, I'm not trying to be like them. I want to be my own thing, but you know, you guys know who you are, um, who have, who I've reached out to you guys directly in terms of those podcasts. But regardless, I don't want this to be a – this isn't supposed to be like a heartfelt thing. I just wanted to say that. I wanted to um, verbalize my Instagram post and say thank you to everyone who supported. We still got a few more weeks of the year anniversary in which I will basically regurgitate what I just said. But um, yeah, 24, my, my 24th year of life Who Gives a Dram started, and it has made me a better person in general. With that being said – I had a fantastic pour last night, and I had a fantastic cigar. So I've been on record saying, you know, my favorite cigar is the Pappy Van Winkle cigar. Um, They are they are always stocked at my local cigar lounge, uh, Vintage Cigar Lounge in downtown Westerly, Rhode Island. You guys down there are the bomb. I don't know if you listen to this. I'm sure you don't, but if you do, you guys are the bomb. And those Pappy Van Winkle cigars are by far my favorite. They taste like hay. I've said this a million times. I want my cigars to taste like hay. Um, don't ask me why. That's just what I like. And uh, I had I had a Pappy Van Winkle cigar last night, and it was delicious. But before I smoked the cigar, I had a pour, and I showed it on the podcast last week. Um, I had a pour of the 2021 Colonel E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. And... I made it a point to drink about half the Glencairn before I started smoking my cigar, and it was delicious. I mean, I didn't even bother writing down tasting notes. I just wanted to enjoy it. I was sitting out with my family, you know, after a great meal and um, my pumpkin pie blizzard cake, and uh, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, it's just—it was just a great night, a great night in general. Um, and I'm very uh, thankful. To Ron from Wyoming Spirits, or uh, Wyoming Package Store, uh, for giving me that sample. And I'm very thankful for the guys at Vintage Cigar Lounge for always stocking my favorite cigars for occasions like that. Um, Now, did I pay $17 for the cigar? Yes. Is that entirely too much for a cigar for a 25-year-old kid on a budget? Yes. But do I still happily pay for them on occasion? Absolutely. They're the best. Um, there's not, they're not the most friendly budget cigars, but nevertheless, it was a fantastic night, um, uh, celebrating 25 years of life. And I almost, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should have a, uh, 25 year old whiskey to review. Maybe I should go treat myself to a 25 year old whiskey. Uh, I obviously decided against that because, uh, don't have that money, but, I settled for something just as good. Um, So by the time this comes, this comes out, you'll know that we are doing a um, a Larceny Barrel Proof B five twenty one pour today, just like the Elijah Craig's Larceny uh, does a um, does three barrel proof releases a year, and it's been a bottle that has eluded me since I knew that larceny did it now i'm not the biggest fan of larceny small batch and i think i'm gonna do that next week i almost did it this week but i wanted to do this this week um i uh i don't love larceny small batch um however i haven't had it in a while so my my dislike for it isn't valid yet i need to retry it um but the few times i've had this larceny barrel proof <laughs> here Uh, Was actually at Vintage Cigar Lounge. Um, and it has been fantastic from what I can remember. So, we're going to drink a little bit of this today. We're actually going to uncork it. We're going to, it's still sealed and everything. And we're going to do a little bit of a taste uh, of, of a review on the, the, uh, the only weeded barrel proof bourbon. I don't know if that's fact. Um, you know, we did a weeder last week with Weller Special Reserve, and this was no coincidence, by the way. This was no coincidence. I was out uh, driving on Saturday, um, and I was just driving about. I told myself, you know what? I'm gonna go check out my, you know, a handful of local stores, see what see what I can find. And I did find a, a few a few bottles. Um, I posted them on my story over the weekend. So if you saw my story, then you know what I'm about to say. Um, I stopped out, was unsuccessful I was unsuccessful at most stores Saw a few Blanton, saw a few Colonel H. Taylors All being all $100 or more Obviously I'm not going to pay that um, Didn't really see anything I saw a Stag Jr. for $250 I saw a E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof for $600 I saw an Old Fitz uh, Bottle and Bond 11 year for I think around $500 or $600 as well um, other than that, didn't really see much, but I did make a few finds. I picked up a bottle of George Dickel 13-Year Bottled, bottled and Bond. Um, I'm not sure what the exact MSRP is on it, but I picked it up for $29.40. Weirdest price I've ever paid for a whiskey. Um, also, I think the best deal I've ever seen out and about. Rather than finding something like when I bought my second bottle of Weller one oh seven for 40, or for fifty bucks or my Colonel E. H. Taylor for forty three dollars. Other than that, finding something at its true MSRP, I mean, I don't know if this bottle was priced wrong, but the entire line was was uh, was priced the same. So I don't know if it was a closeout sale or what, and I don't remember what the liquor store's name was. Um, it was somewhere in Rhode Island. But Twenty nine dollars forty cents. I bought a George Dickel bourbon bond. Had no intention of buying that. I did try it. We will review it. Um, I tried it on the nights of the uh, fights on Saturday night, and I enjoyed it. We'll we'll review it on the on the podcast. I do have some thoughts on it. Um, but I found that I stopped into a store. Uh, if you guys, you know, if you haven't seen my Mellow Corn review, I it's one of my favorites. I think it's a great. I think it's a great podcast. I think it's. I think it's an entertaining review. I'm not going to say it's a great review because I am still confident I don't know what I'm talking about. However, um, I really, really enjoyed that podcast. I really enjoyed enjoyed recording that, and I love Mellow Corn. And I stopped into another store, forgot what it was called, somewhere in Rhode Island, and they had two full shelves of Mellow Corn for 16 bucks. So I picked up two bottles and I gifted one to my brother, even though it was my birthday weekend, technically. I'm still handing out gifts to to kin, so um, I'm just a good purse. That's all that means. Good person. kale you you owe me a bottle of whiskey. But the best part of this story, and the reason I wanted to tell the story, and the reason we're doing larceny barrel proof on the podcast this week, is because I was driving home, and I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go into detail. I was driving home. I had a few bottles of whiskey, you know, I had a few bottle of whiskeys in my car, not drinking them, and I'm thinking, you know what, didn't find anything, you know, this week, nothing, nothing that I'm, I'm willing to buy, spend, spend the money on, but that's okay, because it'll come, it'll come. There are only a few bottles that I would, that I need to find this year. Uh, One is Midwinter Night's Dram, which I'm sure I have plenty of contacts in the air, Plenty of friends, not contacts. Plenty of friends in the area that are, that are looking out for me with that. So I think I'm going to get that, and I will review it on the podcast. Um, and there are just a few other whiskeys that I'd like to find, mostly store picks when they come out, so I shouldn't have any trouble finding them. It's just waiting for them to come out. And um, I was driving home. It was on Sneck Road in Rhode Island, which is Route Something, um, in Exeter, and I'm driving home just to, you know two minutes away from merging onto onto 95 onto the highway you know to make my way back to to you know uh, where I live and I pass a little just hole in the wall liquor store that I forgot even existed and something came over me that said, Connor, you need to go in to that liquor store because if anywhere is going to have a bottle that you're going to buy today it's going to be a hole in the wall and it's going to be that one because you had no intentions of going there so i turned around and i walked into the liquor store wasn't anything impressive you know you know a fairly dirty liquor store with you know selling lottery tickets and had like a little you know had like bags of chips and stuff so it was like you know whatever and i'm looking at the bourbon um well first I look at the Irish whiskey I've been very very close to buying a red breast 12 year multiple times and I'm just waiting to pull the trigger I just haven't it hasn't felt right yet it has to feel it has to feel good in my plums before I buy a bottle of whiskey it's a Will Farrell quote from eastbound and down anyways I'm looking at the bourbon and I'm Seeing some good stuff. I actually saw a full shelf of Elijah Craig uh, Barrel Proof A-121, which we've done on the podcast here, Uh, Buffalo Trace, Sazerac Rye, just those ones that, you know, it's it's nice to see on the shelf. And then staring right in front of me, you know, like waist level or maybe chest level were two bottles of of a Larceny Barrel Proof B-521 for 70 bucks. So I had a big old smile on my face And I had never seen this before It's one of those bottles that have eluded me I've been looking for it forever um, And me and my brother ended up buying both bottles So now we own two bottles of this And that is why we're doing it on the podcast this week Because when I look at it, it makes me happy It makes me think about you know one of the few times i found a bottle And I'm like, wow, this is amazing I'm so happy um, So this was my birthday gift to myself And that's why we're doing it on the podcast. So let's open it up now. Let's give this baby a little bit of time to uh, mature in the snoot glass. Uh, Once again, this is a live opening. I haven't cracked this yet, and I haven't had this for a very long time. So if you're watching the video podcast, you can see that I'm legit taking off the, uh, the plastic wrap. You can probably hear it in the mic as well. And it's going to bother me if I don't get off this entire wrap. I need to take off the entire wrap before I uh, before I open a whiskey. I only feel like it's respectful that way. So that's gone. We're going to keep this uh, little, little tag pamphlet thing on the whiskey. Because it was whiskey of the year in 2020. The B520. So let's open it up you guys. Oof. Oof. Real cork. Always love to see that. So we'll get some in the glass. Not much. It is barrel-proof, so we've got to, you know, got to drive after this, so got to be careful with that. Put it right back here. Um, so let's let that rest for a few minutes, because there is something else I want to talk about. Now, um, you know, I try to not talk about too many things that aren't whiskey related. But you know what? I was thinking to myself the other day, um, I like other things other than whiskey. And, you know, no one has reached out to me saying, hey, dude, don't talk about these, these certain things. So I'm going to talk about them. You know, this is who gives a dram. Obviously, this is always going to be centered around whiskey. But I like the other things, too. And maybe you guys like other things, too, as well. So I want to quickly touch on two things, two things. I want to shout out Nick Diaz for this weekend. Now, if you remember last podcast, I I suggested that you go um, Stockton slap the subscribe button on all platforms in honor of Nick Diaz fighting. Obviously, Nick Diaz fought on Saturday. He lost, and he didn't look very good, and he basically quit, but it was really cool watching him fight. So Robbie Lawler essentially won by TKO and the second round Nick Diaz looked slow and he looked like he didn't want to be there but he put on some pretty good combinations and for you know like most of the first round it was a very exciting fight and nothing like overly exciting it was just cool to see Nick Diaz again so that was fun uh you know Nick Diaz is obviously not going to fight again i think he's 39 years old Maybe forty years old. So he's done. We won't see him fight again, I don't think. Uh, but it was it was it was fun to watch him. It was cool to see Nick Diaz come back. Um I don't know what's gonna happen with Robbie Lawler now. We'll probably put him against another legend that will well veteran, I should say. because um, Robbie Lawler didn't look bad in that. He just, you know it was just a weird fight. It felt like a thriller fight almost like, I felt like a celebrity boxing match almost, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I enjoy the hell out of it, um, Valentina Shevchenko killed a chick in the co-main event, Lauren Murphy, uh, I mean, I, it's, between her and Amanda Nunez, there's not too many other good female fighters right now, currently, and they're just, by far, the best, and I think they should fight again, Amanda Nunez is technically 2-0 versus Valentina Shevchenko with two, two decisions. I think Valentina Shevchenko won the second fight against Nunez. However, it is what it is. I think that fight would go much differently now. I don't know if... I don't know if Shevchenko would win. I want to take that back. I don't know if Shevchenko would win. But I would pay money to watch it. So uh, She won by fourth round KO or TKO. And then the main event, Brian Ortega versus Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title, was a barn burner. Ortega had... Volkanovski in two deep chokes uh guillotine and a and a triangle choke uh and both times all of us standing there I'm there with my, my you know with Kale with my brother Kale I'm there with my cousin Tom my our buddies uh, uh William was there shout out William Shang-Chi uh uh shout out Connor Gleason his brother Kevin and I forgot the other guy's name uh but we're all watching that and we were all huddled around the TV. We all thought we all thought it was over. We we were all secretly rooting for Brian Ortega. Uh but after the fight, Volkanovski won by uh, unanimous decision. One ref gave him a 50-44, which is absurd. Uh but whatever. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Uh I kind of you know, I kind of like I kind of like Volkanovski now. He showed a lot of heart and he is he had some terrifying ground and pound, like really bad ground and pound in a good way, bad in a good way, like Khabib-esque ground and pound. So it'll see, it'll be fun seeing him fight the winner of, uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Max Holloway, which is happening in December. Um, I'm sure he'll fight Max Holloway again, and I think Max Holloway will win that fight. Um, so that is what happened on Saturday night those fights were fun to watch uh curtis blades versus rosenstreif or was you know a kind of a boring fight and then the opening to the card was jessica andrage and she just blitzed and knocked that her opponent out i forgot who it was um and dan hooker's fight was amazing uh in the prelims so lots it was a great card, lots of great fights, and I was drinking my George Dickel bottle and bond during that um also 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 so you know, I've said on the podcast it's spooky season it is fall it is now you know next up is Halloween um now that my birthday is over and that's also a national holiday september twenty seventh who gives a dram day or no, it's Connor Day. I don't know what Who Gives a Dram Day is. But anyways, um, so you got all the horror movies coming back, all the horror TV shows, yada, yada, yada. And uh, the Midnight Mass was released on September 24th. Midnight Mass is created, written, and directed by um, Mike Flanagan. Is that his name? He created and wrote and directed Hill House and Bly Manor which are two of my favorite shows. So I was very, very excited to watch this to watch um, this show. And I wasn't able to start it until last night, which was Monday night. Um, since then, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, I've watched five episodes. I've got two more to go. They're seven hour-long episodes. And I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm not sure if anyone listening to this has even either watched the show or has any any intention of watching the show. But I will say this. I will say that it is very bold in what it is trying to do. I will say that the acting, as every Mike Flanagan project is, I want to make sure his name is Mike Flanagan before I continue to say that. Uh, midnight Mass. Let's see. Um, yeah, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> I um I don't know what it is about Mike Flanagan's shows, but it must be the script. Because the acting is always superb. And you can tell it's a Mike Flanagan show because there is just so... Three quarters of the show is monologue. And I think it works because it's so good that you're captivated you're intrigued you are in the middle of these character storylines and plots and subplots and sub -sub subplots there's just so much going on and you're so vested into it that it makes the scares that much creepier and that much scarier and there's not that many jump scares out there in terms of like like um like an insidious or conjuring or something like that where there's you know Something's jumping out at you. There are, there's, there's a few in the five episodes that I've seen so far, but it's mainly just creepy. A lot of, a lot of, uh, music helps with that. Different types of music. Acting has a huge part in that. Facial expressions, body language, etc. And as of right now, it is sitting not on par with, with Haunting of Hill House, but it's not too far behind. I do like it better than Haunting of Blind Manor, um. And the guy who plays the main character, Riley, he's the quarterback from Friday Night Lights, the TV show, according to my brother. I've never seen it. But he's fantastic. Um, And the girl, the other main character, um, who plays Nellie, older Nellie, or, uh, no, I'm sorry, older Theo in Hill House, she's fantastic. And then the, the priest is just, wow. The priest blows me away. And then that, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to say a bad word, but that bitch who's like a, uh, z, uh, what do they call it? Someone who blindly follows a zygote? I, I got to Google that now. Someone who blindly follows. Um, what do you call? Not a disciple. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. I want, I thought it was like a zygote or something like that. Anyways, um, I forgot. I don't know her name, but she's fantastic as well. the The moral of the story is: if you haven't checked out Midnight Mass, check it out. All right, check out Midnight Mass. You will not do yourself a disservice. It's long, and there are some long monologues. But the way you get vest, the way you care about the characters. And what happens, and I can only speak for the first five episodes, is just superb. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to check out the last two episodes, and we'll talk about it next week. But for now, first five episodes. And by the time this podcast comes out, I would have seen all seven. But, um, man, I just I can't stop thinking about it. I started it last night you know, on my birthday and I watched two episodes and I, I just needed to watch more and I, and I did watch more, Watched three more episodes. So, um, that's a great show. Uh, That's, you know, something about a great horror show that doesn't, or movie, a great horror show or movie that doesn't necessarily include that many jump scares just makes it that much better. And it helps that it's fall. It's spooky season. It's ready. It's it's time to rock and roll with this uh, Halloween season. And with that being said, it's time to rock and roll with this Larceny Barrel Proof. What a transition! Um, but yeah, let's get in. Let's get into the whiskey now, you guys. Uh, let's let's. Oh, I'm excited to try this. Um, now this is, as I said. Larceny Barrel Proof B520. It follows the same coding as Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. You know, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at the first letter being A, B, or C that is indicating what month it came out. A is January, B is May, C is September. Uh, the second number indicates the month, so one being January, five being May, nine being uh, September, and the last two numbers indicate the year, so 21. So this is the second batch of the barrel proof this year that came out of May, 2021. Uh, uh, produced and distilled by Heaven Hill Distillery. We've had several other Heaven Hill products on the show, including all the Elijah Craig barrel proofs. So um, we uh, we love Heaven Hill here. And what is makes me excited about this and why I've always wanted to to own a bottle is because it's a weeded bourbon. And as you guys know last week on the podcast, I love, weed, I love sweeter whiskies. That's what I like. So a sweeter, weeded whiskey at, at uh, barrel strength is something that very much intrigues me. Now, this is the same mash bill as the old Fitzgerald you know, weeded recipe. And I've had the pleasure of having a few drams of Old Fitzgerald in the past few months. And I'm not the biggest fan. I'm really not. So that does get me a little nervous. But I, I have a feeling I'm going to like this, especially based on the nose here. It's coming out very pungent and very, like, buttery. And very, like, a strong, like a buttered popcorn almost. Um it's very it almost smells like a fruity candy as well. Like a Swedish fish or something like that. Uh MSRP on this on this bottle they say 50 bucks. We'll say 50 to 60 to play it safe. I bought it for 70 um which I still consider a very fair price given how available it is. I've seen places charge upwards of 150 bucks for this. So I think I got a steal. let will see. Ooh. That scared me. Almost knocked down the bottle. We'll see if this is worth the price once we taste it. Uh, so it's it'll, they say like they say um, fifty bucks. We'll say fifty to sixty bucks MSRP, um, and the, it's a blend. And I think it says it right on the bottle here of six to eight year bourbon. Yes, small batch. The small batch bourbon is made from a mingling of six to eight year old bourbon that is bottled uncut and without chill filtration. This bottle honors both the superb taste of this lawless treasury agent and the weeded bourbon legacy of the old Fitzgerald brand. So there it is connecting it to old Fitz. John E. Fitzgerald was a treasury agent who at the time was the only person legally allowed to carry keys to all the rickhouses. He often gave in to temptation and freely took from the best bourbon barrels uncut at barrel proof. So this guy would just walk in because he had the keys and he'd just go stick a little needle in a barrel and he'd hold his glass underneath it and just let it, you know, fill up. And he's taken straight from the barrel, barrel, you know, uh, task strength whiskey. And you got to respect a man who does that. So this one whiskey of the year in 2020 from Whiskey Advocate Um, it beat out hundreds of whiskeys from around the world and a blind taste test conducted by the best palates in the industry. That is, uh, that is very, very, um, opinion based. I think I have one of the best palates, so I think I should be tasting that as well. Um, the San, yep. The San Francisco world spirits competition, 2020 gold medal, uh, was given to the small batch. Obviously, this is the barrel-proof, so this is way different. Um, that's a little bit of history behind what we're drinking today. I don't know much about John, John Fitzgerald. I do know that Larceny was one of the first bottles that I owned. It was gifted to me uh, when I first started my bourbon journey in 2019. So I've known about Larceny for a very long time. I didn't quite like the small batch from what I remember, um, but it's the few times I've had the barrel-proof I've loved it. So like I said, I'm getting a lot of, um, like buttery notes on this and I'm getting like a, uh, a, a fruity candy, like a Swedish fish almost mingling with some Oak. Um, and that's really it. Very not light. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know if this is, a. Smelling 121 proof. Oh, by the way, this is 60.5 um, percent alcohol by volume, which is 121 proof. Um, just in case you were wondering. So we're sitting at 121, just in the wheelhouse, just outside the you know the wheelhouse of what I think is the perfect proof. But you got what I you got what I smell. It's it's uh, like I said, a, a buttery, sugary, uh, strong candied fruit with some charred oak in there. Not a whole lot else going on. It's very pleasant, and it's a bit stronger than the past few whiskeys I've had because it's barrel-proof, so I'm ready to drink it. So you guys, let's taste this whiskey. Thank you for for joining me for another dram this week. If you're drinking with me, if not, I hope you're drinking a dram sometime soon. Cheers. (coughs) Let's drink some Larceny Barrel Proof B521. Delicious. Delicious. First sip just goes right down the gullet, as we know. It's hot. It's definitely hot. Obviously, this is the first whiskey I've had today. Um, it's, it's hot. It's lingering. It's very sweet right off the bat lots of brown sugar. That's all I'm getting right now. A blast of sugar. That charred oak stays there. It's not as present as on the nose, but it's definitely there, some oak, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, lots of sugar. Spicy sugar. Spicy being that's excuse me, barrel spice, because it's uncut, unfiltered, barrel-proof. Ah, man. This tastes like a big ol', this tastes like a peppery cereal. That's what it tastes like. Peppery cereal. Like if you were to add spices to a cereal. Because this does taste like a lot like the corn and weeded whiskeys we've had in the past, even last week's Weller sweetness up front, brown sugar, a little bit of like a caramelness to it. There's something else there I can't really pick up. Yeah, that spice is very prominent. That barrel spice is there. But other than that, I'm getting, it's very sweet for a barrel-proof. It's hitting every single inch of its proof, I think. I would actually guess it might be a little bit higher proof, but I think it's perfect for what this should be. Lingering on the mouth. Very present on the finish. Oak on the finish is what I'm getting the most. Um, Yeah, this is really just what I would say a... It's very sugary on the on, on the palate with some oak, and then it transitions to more oak on the finish. Um, still a bit sugary, and that's all I've got. <clears throat> There's nothing too unique happening here, um, but this tastes like a weeded whiskey. This tastes like exactly what it's marketed as a barrel proof weeded whiskey. When I think barrel proof weeded whiskey, I think of spicy cereal, and that's exactly what I'm getting with this. I'm getting a bowl of like cinnamon toast crunch um, or frosted flakes or something like that. Um, and if, if it was just spicy, if you use spicy milk or something like that, this tastes like spicy milk cereal, and I am all for it. I love it. This is fantastic. And the best part is, I I think that even if you're, oh man, it is spicy though. Maybe I'm going to take this back. But I was going to say, the best part is, you don't have to, I think you could drink this, especially on the rocks, and it would be so good. Like, especially for a novice whiskey drinker, I think that this would be fantastic on the rocks, because it's going to bring that proof. Point down significantly and you're still gonna get a little bit of bite to it. This is a solid whiskey. This is a solid, solid bourbon. Um Yeah, this is the tough part is the score. Because you're not gonna find this. Which bums me out. This is gonna be a lot like last week's score. I don't remember what we gave Weller. Um but right off the cuff here the who gives a dram score for larceny barrel proof i mean it's so good it's everything about it's a 9 or a 9 plus but the availability has got to come into come into play uh, availability is going to knock it down we'll say two points to an 8.8 um, i that must no 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 i take that back that wasn't stamped that was not stamped i'm going to give it a Ah, uh, I'm see, the problem. Is I'm comparing it to what I gave it to Weather last week, and I can't do that. My integrity has to stand strong. I'm giving it an eight point nine. Stamp it. Eight point nine for Larceny Barrel Proof B five twenty one. The epitome of a barrel proof, weeded whiskey. Uh, very sugary, very it's spicy, spicy cereal essentially with oak, thick oak on the on the finish. Um, not a lot of other notes to it. There's nothing particularly like blowing you away about it. And there's nothing particularly unique about it besides the fact that it is a weeded barrel proof. But that's what I love. This is right up my alley. I could drink this every single freaking day. And um, if I wasn't in my powerlifting routine, I probably would. But I am, so I won't. But this will be something that I will savor and enjoy because I don't think I'll find one for a very long time. So this will be sitting on my shelf, and I will be excited to share this with people uh, when they come over uh, for a very solid barrel-proof whiskey. So that's going to do it for the show this week, you guys. I appreciate you tuning into the review. I hope you enjoyed my review of Larceny Barrel-Proof B521. Um, you know, I really enjoyed this whiskey. This is a great show. We talked a little bit of everything. We're touching all bases and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do with Who Gives a Dram. Uh, just touch all bases. Things that I like to talk about and hopefully you guys like to listen to me talk to them, uh, talk about them. And, you know, I can provide some entertainment for between 40 and 50 minutes of your day. Um, so if you're not already, you guys, I'm going to mention it one more time before we log off. Go subscribe on all platforms, uh, leave a like and comment on YouTube, and leave a rating and review on iTunes as well. I would really appreciate that. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is Who Gives a Dram. Go search me on there. Go give me a follow on there. Uh, you can shoot me a DM if you want to get in touch. And as always, Nick Bossy's going to play me out. Uh, what Happened to Country, available everywhere. And until next week, you guys, always remember, whiskey is the water of life. So let's start living.